Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 108. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And I am doped up on cough syrup. And Are you doing Robo again? <laughs> <laughs> I drink because you cry, Stark. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> And Stark out of the cries way. because you drink. <laughs> With that out of the way, uh, let's give a shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, and openbookaudio.com. And uh, once again, we love our gunners, don't we, Zoner? Yes. I've got mine Gunners. right here. Com. Yep, Gunner you- Optics. These are the uh, the optics you can get for use at a computer or video games. Help pre-focus your eyes, help your eyes from drying out, uh, block a lot of that glaring blue light. It's You have no idea what you're missing until you use these things. Head on over to Gunners.com with an S. Enter the promo code STOLENDROIDS, all one word, and get 10% off. So it's the way to go. So, Zoner, have you gotten more used to them now that you've had a week with them? I love them. I love them. Cool. I, I actually, I, if I don't wear them when I'm at my computer, I get a headache. So, I mean, they're they're magic, straight up magic. And if you want to see what I look like in them, you can check out my post on StolenDroids.com regarding Facebook Home. And oh, my, yes. my feelings on that. Yeah, yeah. Disgruntled Zoner is disgruntled in that picture, so... <laughs> And in every picture, his wedding picture, he's disgruntled. Kids are born disgruntled. They happen. It's actually his uh, happy face, and <laughs> you, really, you don't want to see his real disgruntled face. <laughs> All right. You don't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> we we got uh, some feedback here. First off, uh, feedback from Sam. Uh, going, wait, whoa, what did I type? Sexting? I thought I had said texting, and I'm an honor student, so I don't usually think of that stuff. Um, uh, he, he goes on here a little while. I think I brought up sexting. Of course, we're talking about Google Glass. Uh, this is a conversation from a couple weeks ago about how teenage students would possibly use it. And, um, yeah, no, we're, we're, I think I brought up sexting because, Sam, it's okay. Because that's where you your mind goes. I, I'm also a teenager. I'm a 32-year-old teenager. Uh, and I will be until I die, my poor wife. So, <laughs> If it wasn't for the gutter, our minds would have no place to go. Mm, yep. It's a nice little current there. So, so Sam, no, I don't think you said sexting. I think I, I put that in there. Um, because really, though, who, what, what teenager would, would buy a $1,500 Google Glass, though? Assuming that the price stays that bad. Well, for one, we know it won't. Uh, for quite a while, the um, in fact, actually, I just saw today on CNET they've developed a term for the for the Google Glass wearers because you just look you look kind of pretentious, and you know that everyone who you look at thinks that you're recording them. They call them glass holes. <laughs> That's awesome. And you're okay, not even going to have to beep that. <laughs> no, I don't have to bleep that. Um, but the thing is, is that for a long time, this is going to go the same way as like pagers did, cell phones did for a while, Bluetooth headsets. You know, you're going to be that guy. You're going to be driving your BMW M5 with your Google glasses on and your Starbucks triple cappuccino up there and just talking to yourself loudly because you're actually having a conversation over your glasses. I'm not saying this is actually be the truth, but this is going to be the stigma that uh, that is going to befall Google Glass owners. So, yeah. And, well, yeah, and the stigma is already there. We, whether it was for PR or not, there's there's people that are already banning it in their establishments. So it's it's already a stigma before there. And then I'm wondering how many times the you know how many times people are going to scream and shout about how they can't wear their Google glasses into the latest movie because of the fact that I'm pretty sure a lot of people aren't going to want them to record the latest movie with their Google Glass. Oh, exactly. Ooh, that's yeah. going to totally get away from the shaky cam, though. Well, until you're like trying to like nod your head to eat popcorn or turn to your person you're talking to saying what did that person just say <laughs> oh 
I would love to see a spoof video like that. Google glasses inside of a movie theater. Instead of shaky cam, we just have like the sound of popcorn being eaten from the inside of your mouth. <laughs> that would that be kid who, awesome. That kid who keeps kicking on the back of your uh, your seat, so, the, the, so the, the view from the Google glasses is bouncing every once in a while. Oh yeah, man, that that, yeah. that, it's like the whole movie going experience. <laughs> uh, we have another bit of feedback from Ruff. Um, says, greetings, fellow podcasters. Ruff, do you have a podcast? Uh, if, if so, so maybe we could let us uh, know. have you on. <laughs> well, we've had him on, but let us know. We'd love to promote it. Um, I have enjoyed your recent podcasts, funny tech news, and updates on your private lives. The latest ep was a good one, but I did want to point out one thing. So here it comes, guys. The U.S. is not in a recession. I, I should point out the last one we talked about. Uh, what he's Windows talking about, yeah, the Windows Eight is killing the PC business. Oh my goodness! And we kind of brought up, no, it's not. The PC sales are in a slump because the PC sales are in a slump. We use the word recession, and he's correcting us. The U.S. is not in a recession. It hasn't been in a recession for fourteen quarters. That's over three years. And he gives us the link for recession uh that said unemployment remains high and more links and consumer confidence remains sluggish interesting to note that retail sales year on year jumped back to their historic levels even though confidence remains low i would sum up the u.s economy as sluggish and the recovery as spotty but not a recession rough you are correct and this is an instance of us not saying what we meant um, no, we're not in a recession anymore. But the problem is, is that the the markets, especially the tech market, trail behind the actual economy. So we went through a recession, and we were still buying up electronics and still buying computers and tablets and phones. And then the recession ended, and then for whatever reason, it, we coasted for like another six months, and then people stopped buying. And we st- we saw, remember, we talked about this, uh, I want to say eight months ago, when cell phone sales dropped off first. Everyone's sales were down. And now it's hitting the PC market. Because unlike uh, tablets and smartphones and whatnot, PCs are not a let's buy it every year. Let's buy every new iteration. It's let's buy it, and if we can get five years out of it, good. Yeah. Even the four of us, you know, we're all pretty big tech heads. My laptop is now two and a half years old. Schmidt's yours is how old? <laughs> Almost six years old. Um, but it's Stark, a powerhouse, so. <laughs> yeah, Stark just upgraded from a rock. Um, I have rock Zonner, 2.0 now. Yeah. He now yeah. has a rock and a bush. He's he's actually um no, he's actually upgraded to Bronze Age now. He's no longer <laughs> he, he's he's meddled it with a bit of tin. He's not yet to steal. Zonner, I think you may have the newest one. Am I wrong there? Um, I don't know. Mine's a couple years old. Yeah. I, I'm thinking I, I want to do an upgrade again. But. So mine is an absolute monster, and that's the only reason I'll be able to keep it for probably another four years. But even I haven't bought a new computer system in two and a half years. So essentially, if we happen to use the word recession, just send back a note to us saying, you keep using that word. I don't think it means, I don't think think it means what well, you think it means. I, I, I do understand the definition that a recession is technically two ter- or two two quarters of uh, negative growth of the GDP. So I, I am familiar with the correct terminology. And However, he's right. We misused it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. It does still feel like we are in a recession. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. the economy. Well, that would be the consumer confidence he's talking about. Yes. Yes. I think, I think another thing we face as podcasters, and, and, and for this, I'm, I'm thankful we have smart people like Ruff listening, is a lot of times when we're recording a podcast, we don't have something will come up and we don't have time to to research it really quickly and it's not in the show notes so we just go off the cuff sometimes and kind of leave it to rough to fix fix it so. we, we <laughs> make it actually lying he's lying yeah he's lying through his teeth we go off the cuff <laughs> all the time <laughs> uh, we just we, we, are, just we, we are never just, on the cuff 
We have a script. We just don't follow it very well. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Ruff. Thank you, Sam. We do appreciate it. Um, again, keep the feedback coming. We love to hear it. Um, we'll we'll address any and all feedback that we get. Uh, feedback at stonedroids.com into our headlines. And actually, this isn't in our headlines, but I want to bring it up first because uh, it happened just today. And it actually kind of relates to what we were talking about last week, kind of as a follow-up. See, we make it up as we go. Yep. Microsoft announced their earnings uh, for the last quarter. And lo and behold, their earnings are up. And market analysts are freaking out. They can't figure out how Microsoft is making money when Windows 8 is supposedly such a failure and PCs are dying. There's a real simple answer. Analysts are full of. I mean, I'm running. Yeah. (laughs) The answer is because you were wrong. Windows 8 isn't failing and the PC market isn't dying. People don't like Windows 8, but that's another story. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know that I agree with that. Yeah. You three are the only positive people I've heard say anything positive about Windows 8. Everybody else. There's about 10 million people who would disagree with you, though. They may have it, but that doesn't mean they like it. But Stark, you got to remember, your place of employment, you work with a bunch of people that would be just as happy using Windows 3.1. No. I would like to point out that Windows XP was hated when it was launched. The people called, everyone I knew called it Fisher-Price My First GUI. Okay, because it had that Luna theme where everything was bright and shiny and looked inflated. But what are people screaming about now? Why can't you just leave me with Windows XP? It's all I want. Well, guess what? When Windows 10 comes out and everyone is screaming about it then, people are going to be going, (laughs) why can't you just leave me with Windows 8? It's all I really need. That's okay, everybody. We I did hear this week they are working on Windows 8.1, which will give you back your start button. No, it won't. That's a rumor. Yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, okay, it's that's been debunked. I don't think it's, they will ever add the start button or boot straight into desktop. It's it's way way far away from their mantra, and I don't think they'll they'll buckle. They they, they won't do that. No, they're not Apple. Windows 8, 8.1 will, however, give you, and I realize we're way off topic now, but Windows 8.1 will give you more um, Metro app snapping options and desktop app snapping options uh, and a file explorer in Metro. It, probably which not is, with drag and drop, but uh, because it's kind of hard. Which is sorely lacking right now. Yeah. It, but they're, they're improving, and uh, we can see more improvements mm-hmm. as they go. So... Um, also, before we move into the rest of the headlines, we are 12 minutes in. We haven't even hit the headlines yet. Um, we're that We good. really should stop making it up as we go and like try and script this out or something. Just saying. Maybe. I don't know. It's worked for us so far. <laughs> Nokia also released their latest earnings. Um, there's two different numbers of note, and I don't really understand this. Um, it, it's in one of the headlines I was reading, one of the news articles. Ruff might be able to tell us more about it. Uh, but according to them, they were at an $86 million loss for the last quarter. However, if they went by stricter financial controls, it's actually a $150 million loss. So I don't know if it's just like, a different type of reporting or what and that might sound like a loss like a huge loss oh my gosh 86 million dollars or 150 million dollars i would like to point out however that nokia was at a billion dollar loss on the same report only one year ago i remember that they have climbed back considerably so for every putz out there who's saying how much the lumia isn't selling that obviously is not true because right now the only phone Nokia has is the Lumia. <laughs> so, and actually there's been talk now of a Lumia phablet, a Lumia oh tablet, God. and hold a on, new aluminum unibody. Yes, phone tablet. That like the like the Samsung Mega. Oh, just when you thought there was going to be a name that was worse than the iPad? (sighs) That has been out for a while. That name has been out around for a year or two. And Fablet really isn't an official name. It's just what everyone's calling the phones that are too big to really be considered a phone, but are too small to really be considered a tablet. Or, or it's I don't a think there's with phone functionality. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really think there's an official one. Like Zoner's Nexus Seven, I still consider a tablet. Seven inches, I think, is like on the low end of a tablet. 
Yeah. But the new Samsung Mega, which is what, like 6.3? That's a that's fat too, one. Yeah. That's uh, too that's, big. That's, that's too big for a phone. So. Okay. Quarter of the show down. Let's hit the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> now what you've all come here for. The pie. Um, so it turns out that uh, some new studies have been made. People are using Netflix. A lot. They've been using it a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about things that people like. Um, they're watching, people are watching Netflix more than any cable network out there. And raise your hand if you're not surprised by this. <laughs> my hand's up. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. I, the, um, my ISP even did a poll um, with all their their customers and they found that over 85% of of their fiber customers stream from Netflix alone so and and don't have a a TV service because of it so. now now of course i'm a big uh, I, I say this a lot you can pull a study that would for anything you could get any result you want from any study you want all you have to do is either word the questions correctly or word, or show the stats correctly and the big problem with this one is the fact that Netflix is of course not an actual cable channel they don't have one demographic they serve and they don't serve up one type of content other than movies on demand movies TV, TV specials their yeah. own their own, now, con- their own content they're making <laughs> so unfortunately the closest apple to apple you comparison you could make wouldn't be a cable station which are all very style very specialized and very very niche but instead would be a broadcast station which does the kids shows and the news and drama and comedies and game shows and reality shows but even then, it's not on demand, so it's still not a complete Apple to Apple comparison. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think the Apple to yeah. Apple uh, comparison would be like to Voodoo or um, the, any of the other on demand streaming. Um, Actually, I, I would even probably put, probably the, the, it would be Comcast or Xfinity on demand yeah. or the the pay per view on demands. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be a good comparison. Which I'd Except- imagine is still just blowing away. Yeah, because Netflix it isn't pay per view, and but would Netflix expensive. is doing one thing right, and that is they're giving people what they want, which is content. In fact, well, not just not just Paramount that. I mean, mentioned this year, CBS Paramount said that they not only love what's happened with them and Netflix, they're renewing their contracts with Netflix. Yay. Well, and it's it's not just that they're giving content because that alone is not what what's winning this for them. Okay, you could argue that everyone gives content, whether or not it's good content, it's not up for discussion. But, but it's not just that. And I think I, I, I'm speaking completely sarcastically, but I think we may have possibly said this in the past. They're giving people what they want, and they're making it easy to access from anywhere they are. Mm-hmm. We don't care where you are. We don't care what device you're on. We only care that you have a paying subscription. Yep, that's it. And even then, that subscription is only eight bucks a month. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm giving my best sarcastic face, which is great radio. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have talked about that and advised cable companies to do the same. Yeah. It's, and the fact that they have their own closely, uh, very securely guarded secret on how to stream it, their their streaming technology is far beyond anyone else's. The ability to um, to shift the quality on demand when when your uh, when your broadband goes down to one point five megabits. In fact, but you know what? They don't that. need to be by themselves. If all the cable networks were to finally pull the stick out and get a clue. I'm, I'm rather. The, wow, the cough syrups are really taking effect here. Uh, if well, they were all to gain. This is the same week that CNN really made a butt of themselves. I was really trying to censor myself there uh, this week on some of the news, and I'm putting quotation yeah, marks we'll, we'll here. get to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. No, but if they were to just get together and finally embrace Hulu for all it could be and say, look, 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 we don't have to be. We don't have to each reinvent the wheel. We don't all have to be our own separate Netflix. We could all get together and be 
and on demand everywhere you are, everywhere you go, just buy a subscription to Hulu or to any other existing streaming service, and they'd win. They would cream Hulu. I guarantee it. Sorry, they'd cream well, Netflix. The, the interesting thing to me is they all, these networks own a stake in Hulu. Well, yeah, many of them do. do. Yeah. They totally underutilize what they could be doing with it. Yeah. So, but speaking of Netflix and their ability to change, they got some changes coming up here. Oh, yeah. Good changes. They've been using Silverlight for how many years now? Uh, almost forever. <laughs> and, uh, and they're talking of upgrading to HTML5, which is a huge win. Um, no more dependency on that outdated Microsoft. Well, that's not really outdated, but less used <laughs> technology. Under-supported. Yes. Under-supported would be a good way to describe it. Um, you know, this is really great for one massive reason. is because HTML5 is natively supported in many browsers, which means no need for plugins. Yeah, almost. It's supported almost everywhere. Um, I, uh, everywhere except <laughs> I want to say BlackBerry. Uh, wah, wah, wah. 10 supports HTML5. I thought. Congratulations, BlackBerry. One, two of your phones support <laughs> HTML5. Good job. Okay, so... <laughs> sorry, I have to get a rim bash in there. Ow. Ew. Forget I said that. <laughs> so what's going to happen with Silverlight once this change takes effect? Not um, much. Silverlight is still in heavy usage with Windows 8, Windows Phone 8, and Internet Explorer. It's, um... I think it's going to become, and I'm not the coder here, so Schmitty may completely disagree with me, but it's going to become more of a just a isolated developer tool for Windows 8 Metro apps instead of the all-encompassing web app it was supposed to be. Okay. Interesting to say. I, I, I agree. I believe Windows 8 will keep Silverlight alive um, for just that one reason. Otherwise, we're looking at another Adobe Flash. <laughs> yep. So. Okay, um, into the news, news, not the headlines necessarily, but uh, by now, if unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you know what's happened to, to the Boston Marathon, which is a horrible, uh, horrible tragedy. Um, I've been swinging back and forth on it myself. Uh, it's been great to see the people of Boston rally around their fallen. Uh, and, and of course, there's the many stories about the people who rushed into danger to help others or the marathon runners who, after having just run 26 miles, ran another two to the blood banks and started donating. So, uh, you know, hats off to humanity for that. Uh, another good thing that came out of it, well, not good necessarily, but Google uh, decided to throw its weight into it and build a system where if you were trying to get in touch with people who may have been in the tragedy or you're trying to let people know you're okay, they built a system where you can just go in and do just that. And here is where I love Google. I know I rag on them quite a bit, much to Schmitty's dismay. I don't like what they've become as a company because there is is them trying to make money. But this is an example of Google going... Well, why can't we do that? Sure. It should only take an hour, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and really and just throwing this, their weight into one-offs. They've, they've done this in the wake of um, a lot of the big disasters ever since Katrina um, or Hurricane Katrina that hit uh, Louisiana and and Texas, I think. Um, they've, they've put up a page similar to this with uh, a lot of resources people can go to they, they've even put up google docs um to help people find things so they uh they've been doing this for a while and i i think it's very noble of them i so yeah yeah and again this is why I, this is when i like google is when they just it doesn't take them very long they don't have to run it through regulatory committees it's just like no no we need to do this let's just do it now so yay on google for that uh yeah yay, another thing for google Google is coming a little bit closer for us. Of course, we record here in Utah, and Provo, Utah, was just announced as the third Google Fiber site. The only bad thing is, is if you need, if you if you want to take advantage of it, you still have to be in Utah County. So. Yeah, you, the downside is you do have to live in Provo. Sorry about that. Yeah. Now, 
Now there's a reason why I'm not going to get into this, but yeah, they are giving a, a the most basic account, which I believe is seven megabits a second. Um, I think it was five. Five megabits. Yeah, five. They're giving it free to um, everyone that wants it um, for up to five seven, years. Seven years. Oh, that I'm, I'm getting years, the numbers. Yeah. Five five megabits for seven years, um, and all you have to pay is the thirty five dollar activation fee, which is mm. a really great deal. Considering now, people on the awesome. internet have been going ape about this. Why Provo? What, like the five people who live there? First off, there's 180,000 or so. And second off, it makes sense if you actually know Provo. For one, Provo already has a full-fledged fiber optic network that has been installed throughout the city. It was just old... buying it. <laughs> yeah, they're not laying out new framework. They're just buying it. Not um, just a fiber network. It's one of the largest um, city fiber fiber. It's one of the largest fiber city networks in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, Provo is really ahead of the curve. They're too ahead of the curve. Uh, they installed what they called the Ike Provo network, and it almost immediately went bankrupt. It just, it just mm-hmm. could not. It was so sad too because it was such a forward thinking plan. Uh, I, it was really exciting having lived down here myself, uh, and it just did not work out business wise. So another company called Veracity bought it up uh, and they've been supporting the existing iProvo customers but it hasn't expanded at all well all Google's doing is just buying that back and they'll be expanding it which is great news for the people of Provo because they've been faced with this municipally owned fiber network that they still have to pay off but no one is getting service for and actually so they're still going to have to keep the dip from what I heard <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. And this is kind of cool for us because we now have a Google network. That being said, as I've been telling everyone, the only reason you would need one gigabit per second is because you're downloading quote unquote stuff. (laughs) And I don't necessarily think you want the world's largest data mining and advertising agency looking at all the quote unquote stuff you're downloading. And if you think they're not paying attention to it, you're a fool. That's what right. Google does. Yep. So um, I understand. It's like if I had a choice between Comcast and Google, I would probably choose Google too. But I don't. So sorry, everyone else. In other good news for Google Fiber, however, HBO and Cinemax have decided to uh, go to Google Fiber. This is awesome. I'm not really sure how this is going to work, <laughs> but. Well, think about what, uh, um, I think was it Microsoft that ran that IPTV trial in uh, uh, along the West Coast? Um, yeah, it didn't work very well. Yeah, it didn't work really well, um, mainly because they didn't get um, people to sign on like this. Now, with backers like HBO and Cinemax, um, I I think this will go really well. Um, and my hope, and and no one has said this. I haven't seen this anywhere in an article, but this is just my. Um, my uh, <laughs> prediction. Wow, I can't think of the word. Um, Are you on cough syrup too, Schmidt? I'm on cough syrup. It's half prediction, half uh, hope is that this will be um, another bootstrap that Google TV can can hang off of. Um, a lot of slack, a flack was given to Google TV because it didn't. You you had to have a provider. It didn't really have um, co- premium content that came with it, but if you have Google Fiber with a Google TV and then start putting in things like HBO and Cinemax and eventually Stars and other things, um, Google TV all of a sudden sounds really cool. It is. It would be your Google Fiber hub, basically. So mm-hmm. that's that's my prediction slash hope. Yeah, and, and in that way, I can understand suddenly one gigabit per second if you're also basically streaming high-definition cable to multiple different sets in the house. Makes sense. Yep. But until yeah, that's in I, place... I think yeah. I think Schmidty's spot on there. I, I think yeah, whether or not is... it'll take off and become sol- soluble. Soluble. Right. Whatever. How do you pronounce <laughs> that word? Thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think as long thing. as HBO has uh, Game of Thrones, it will. I don't know. Not, now that they're starting to diverge from the book, but that's uh, that's another topic so we won't get into that (laughs) yeah um into a uh kind of a sore subject oracle 
Oracle has decided to uh, release 128 security patches to hundreds of its products. You know, like Oops. Java. <laughs> Java. <laughs> yeah, remember a couple uh, a month or so ago we uh, covered that uh, big Java vulnerability. Yeah, Which yeah. Now that how every single one <laughs> since has yeah. also had <laughs> vulnerabilities. Well, they decided. Well, maybe we we have these. It's almost like someone said, "Hey, look." Why do we have all these patches just lying around? Shouldn't we be doing something with these? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we, we need to put them out one at a time to see if there's any problems. With it. Why? Why not just shove them down the pipe and then see what happens? Yeah, today I turned my computer on. I was like, bloop, 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 bloop. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's kind of the James Bond approach. It's like a chaotic neutral approach to these security bugs. Let's just turn it to 11 and see what happens. You know? <laughs> so, um... Good job, Oracle, finally jumping on that for us. Um, I'm glad to see that they were timely in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They didn't wait at all. It's good to know that this this isn't the end. Um, These may or may not fix all the security holes, but at least we'll we'll get most of them. Yeah. Um, In other news, other sites are now under attack as well for different reasons, I should specify. WordPress being one of them. A botnet has been found to be scanning WordPress installations. WordPress, of course, is the popular blogging framework you can install. And anyone who has a weak administrator password, it will log itself in and install a botnet to the server. You wouldn't even know there was something on there because it doesn't show up in WordPress itself, but it's turning these server networks into basically a zombie botnet, which we've talked about in previous episodes. What does that mean for you? Well, probably not much, except your site may be participating in large-scale DDoS attacks to foreign powers or even U.S. powers. Which is a bad thing if your host has limited bandwidth. And in that case, you would start to see a degradation of quality of service. So it's, it's bad no matter what, really. But yes, true, then, yeah. 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 <laughs> DDoS equals bad. Important <laughs> safety tip. Thanks, Egon. Okay. So <laughs> there are ways you can get around this. For instance, uh, on Stolen Droids, where we host, you know, where we publish, this is a WordPress site as well. Um, it's a heavily modified one. I've basically enabled two step authentication, which is now something that I have been doing across all of my accounts. It is a pain in the neck, but it's worth it. Yeah. Um, it, uh, pain in the neck. If you're, if you're in a hurry and you're trying to do it quickly, uh, wait until you have more time. I, I tried to do it in a rush the other day, and I just kept screwing it up. So, blocking <laughs> yourself out. Take, take, it took a while. Yeah. <laughs> it took a while to get Zoner working, and then I screwed myself up today and had to fix it. And I don't think Stark has even tried yet. I'm waiting for you guys to, to fix all the all the bugs. <laughs> oh, bugs have been fixed. We've got it working. Um, but, uh, yeah, you'd be surprised, actually, what uh, enabling two-step authentication shows you. I did it to my Facebook account, and all of a sudden, I'm in the shower one morning getting ready for work. My phone goes off saying, uh, someone's trying to log in. Use this code to verify. Like, well, no one I know is. I go into my Facebook. It says, yeah, uh, no one entered the code. So here's all the recent sessions that have been logged in. I had, like, three in California, one in New Jersey. But I don't <laughs> have an easy password to uh, to guess. All your so, uh, errant clones that have gone awry. <laughs> Is that a uh, all those Asians look alike joke? It's <laughs> pretty close. Okay. Um, Motorola. We talked about them a while ago. Haven't talked about them much since their Razor launch, but they Google. were purchased up by Google. And we were all kind of wondering, well, how long is it going to be before they dump them? You know, we're cynics that way. We're not exactly optimistic people. Uh, well, evidently, it's till now. They're selling off the motor, the um, set-top box division of Motorola. They're keeping Motorola in mobility. But they are selling off the set-top box. Now, unfortunately, that does dash the dreams of many of us. We had this idea mm-hmm. that, well, if they kept it, they could integrate mobile, uh, Motorola's... I don't know what I was about to say there. Motorola's set-top box division with Google TV and make a great Google set-top box. Wouldn't that just be awesome? It would but it's be not going to It happen. makes sense. 
Oh, of course it makes sense. That's why it's not going to happen. Instead, they are going to try and recoup the $150 million investment they made in it by selling off just this part to a company called Eris, who, by the way, just got a very large stake bought out by Comcast. Which makes sense because Comcast does make their own set-top boxes, and now they've integrated Motorola's technology in it. So, right. what's going to change for you, the consumer? <laughs> Not much. What will this do to uh, Dish? Did, didn't Dish use Motorola boxes before? Uh, almost exclusively. Yeah, so there. this may... Dish will have to find another provider now. <laughs> yep. Um, in... Microsoft versus Google News, which is always fun for me. <laughs> okay, so um, we've, I, I don't even know if we talked about this really, but Google decided to officially drop support from Microsoft Exchange ActiveSync. If you don't know what that is, ActiveSync is the protocol that Microsoft uses for email, calendar, contacts, tasks, and it's become quite the industry standard. It blows the pants off of IMAP, off of uh, POP3. It is it is the new standard. Now, Android did support Microsoft ActiveSync up until, what is it, a month ago? Something like that. When they yeah. just decided yeah. to turn it off and say, nope, no more. We don't, and I believe they're lying with some kind of bull honky around, oh, we don't really see this as being a feasible protocol. It's not really used that much, which is all lies, by the way. And so if you had a Google account and you were using ActiveSync to sync it to anything, this is where it gets a little bit confusing and I apologize. If you had previously been using it, it's still supported, but you don't know for how long. If you hadn't been doing it, you can't do it anymore. Right. So if all of a sudden your, uh, your Gmail access breaks on your phone or your tablet, now you know why. <laughs> yeah. This also means that if you have an Android device and you've been using it for work, well, guess what? It no longer supports ActiveSync. Sorry. Um, this is just another little um, kick in the teeth that uh, Google has been giving Microsoft because they don't really want Microsoft to succeed, which I could go into for hours, and I won't do that here. <laughs> but So Outlook.com has decided to update their Android app because their previous one was lacking, and they said that. We, we, we realized that the Android app was the weakest of the bunch, um, so we've decided to update it. It's now a much smoother interface, much faster. It looks a lot more like the Outlook.com and we think you'll like it. By the way, since... And they don't really come right out and say it. The closest they get to say is many Android device, devices now have sporadic support for Exchange ActiveSync. So instead of relying on the handset's ability to link up to ActiveSync, we've just included it in the app. <laughs> Which is, is brilliant on their part, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's totally brilliant. It also means that if you have an Android... You can still hook up to other ActiveSync sources using the Outlook.com app. Yeah. So just, yeah, all you need to do is go to Outlook.com, add all your new, uh, all your ActiveSync accounts, and then install this app on your Android, and boom, your Android is now back to using EAS. <laughs> which is what, which is what Android and Google should have done for Windows Phone. Right. But if you use Exchange anywhere, Outlook.com is now your best friend. That's brilliant for Microsoft, and it was the stupidest move possible for Google. Good job. You know, Google, in their little vendetta with Microsoft recently, I, I feel like they've been making a lot of bad business decisions. I think they're letting their hubris get to them, you know? <laughs> they're, they're really just kind of like, well, we are all that. Like, yes, yes, you are. But it's not a question of how all that you are. It's how long will you be all that? Because you exactly. start treating people like this. It doesn't last long. People are fast to turn. And speaking of people turning, um, EA has not just, be, uh, not just been uh, pissing off their desktop and console players. They've also been really, really annoying their social gamers. 
Who have they not annoyed yet? I don't it's know. It's almost like it's a goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is crazy. So they came out. They've got um, The Sims Online, SimCity Social, and uh, some other one. I can't remember. Pet Society. Pet Society. Pet Society. <laughs> and these are, these are Facebook games. And people pay real-world money to get fake currency in these games. And EA basically come out and said we're shutting down the games uh, there will be no no grace period they will just disappear on June 14th and it, if you haven't spent all your in game currency then you're just going to lose it well the interesting thing is they're still screwing people over for, that have paid this money because what they're saying is spend your in game currency and then we're good to to just turn it off on you anyways so this is kind of like a company uh, this is like your favorite retail store retail outlet let's say Newegg okay Newegg decides to sell off a whole bunch of gift cards buy a gift card buy it for your friend buy it for your your co-presenter on your podcast you know if you buy a (laughs) gift card through us we'll give you 20% off so a $10 gift card only costs $8 and everyone goes, great. So they all start buying these gift cards. By the way, we're closing doors and we're not accepting any more gift card purchases. Thanks. <laughs> now you're stuck with a useless gift card. Wah, okay. wah, wah, wah. So long and thanks for all the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, 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 the whole argument of spending real money to buy fake things online, I, I won't get into that because if you do it, it's up to you. You know, it really is. But that, But the easiest comparison is these diamonds, these EA diamonds with like a gift card to a retailer who's just shutting their doors and saying, screw you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really the EA mantra. Well, you know, EA is really working hard to get worst company in America, third year running. So, (laughs) you know, they have a dynasty to maintain now. Do they get a turkey? (laughs) For three strikes? Nice, nice bowling reference there. I I did (laughs) catch that start. So... (laughs) Okay, um, into our talking point. We don't have a fast lane, and we don't have any uh, mid-show sponsors. So into our fast lane. No, into our talking point. I need another <laughs> no shot fast of cough lane. syrup. So, talking into, point. I need Put another shot of cough syrup. syrup. I'm running low. It's brought to you by cough syrup. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> like like mother's milk. Okay, so this actually stems from a very interesting conversation that Schmidty and I had about... Um, an article that Zoner wrote. Whoa, very meta. Uh, <laughs> Zoner wrote a review of the Facebook Home app for Android on his Galaxy S3 and how much he hated it. Um, I've tried the Facebook chat heads integration on an HTC One. It failed miserably. Schmidty tried it on his uh, Droid Bionic. It didn't work either. And the problem is we discovered not necessarily that it was a bad app, because it wasn't. It's a, it's a brilliant idea, I think, the chat head specifically. It's a brilliant idea. It's just it didn't integrate well with other services, so it fragmented chat. And yeah, I sometimes messages, of, messages were coming through. Sometimes they weren't. Yeah, it was odd. Sometimes they were coming through. Like, I installed it on my wife's HTC, and I texted her, and I Facebook messaged her. And when I gave her a Facebook message... It showed up, and there's my little picture popped up there, and you were able to open it and see it. But then when I texted her, my name showed up, but my face didn't. Because even though her phone realized that my two profiles were linked, Facebook Messenger did not. That aside, Schmidt and I got into kind of a philosophical discussion about why can't these companies stop trying to become these all-inclusive ecosystems and try and cover everything and instead finally just get along. (laughs) Yeah, well, just resign themselves to the fact that they are a service. They're not an ecosystem. They are a service. We kind of spitballed and came up with the idea of a social network framework where instead of the social network itself being everything you need, you could say, this is me, and I use Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or whatever ones you have, and activate the service. Kind of like Trillion does, or TweetDeck does, but so they all exist within this one framework. That way, instead of being kind of 
chained to who else you knew on that network, you could say this this network is a portal to everyone I know. Some of them happen to be on this service. Some of them happen to be on that service. But through this network, I can see everyone. That's also kind of when I realized that, wait a minute, that's what Microsoft is doing with Bing and Live and Outlook.com. They're not going to succeed because no one likes Microsoft, but that's what they're doing. However, that's when Schmitty and I both came to the important realization as to why that would never work. And it's because companies can't monetize that. If And Schmitty, what was that example you gave about Google and Twitter? Yeah, so when when Google uh, integrated Twitter feeds into their uh, their search results, uh, you, you would search something like uh, I don't know Michael Jackson um, when when everything was going on with him, um, you would see tweets coming through in live at you know in real time tweets coming through about the subject you searched for, um, and that it was awesome. It was. Uh, However, we were, Google was taking away traffic from Twitter. Twitter mm-hmm. complained. I don't know exactly what went down, but eventually it was taken away. And um, it, it's integrations like that that would make the internet great. And people aren't, uh, like Zook said, they're not willing to do it because of losing traffic. So. Yeah. so the problem is, is that many of these ecosystems are trying to get money any way they can. This is not coming down on them because if they're your, if you're a business, you need to make money or else you can't stay in business. That is when Schmitty asked the important question, have we just become spoiled or ruined by all these free services we're used to getting? Because yeah. if they're not making money off of us directly, they're making money off of us indirectly. They have to make money. We're the only commodity they have. And I think it's a really important question to ask. Would well, people gonna, be willing... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Stark. I was going to say, I, I know they're making money off of us indirectly because I don't think... There's no such thing as a free lunch. So... Yeah, I'm getting Gmail for free, but I know there's going to be ads up on the side that say, oh, yeah, there was the word mortgage in your email, or we're going to go ahead and put mortgage ads up here and on the side over here. And then I thought it was funny that 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 Outlook was actually advertising on the television, hey, you're you, – Google's reading your email, or they're doing something to your email, or you're being Googleized. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's 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 a, it's an odd two way street because um, people complain about paying for a service, yet they turn around and go use a free service and complain about ads. Um, and you know what, people, we can't have it both ways. We we have to have one or the other, or I mean, we can't have it no ways. I guess <laughs> we have to have one or the other. You're either paying for something or you're getting served ads. Um, or in the case of Hulu Plus, both. Yeah. Well, and I've actually <laughs> yeah, and even, that's, I've even, that's that's a gripe I have, but yeah, okay. I've even bought a, a, a an app for my phone just because I didn't want to see the ads anymore. I mean, before the show, I know Schmitty was asking us, would we want to, would we pay for so much for Pandora or something like that, or, or Spotify or whatever, whatever it is? And like, you know what? I'm not certain if I'm ready to go ahead and do that because the ads aren't really that bad, and I'm not really bumping up against their their paywall whereas in this one game one i'm playing it a lot and two i'm like you know what (laughs) i don't want to see these ads anymore these ads are are becoming a little more frustrating but in the case of angry birds i stopped playing angry birds altogether because of how bad the ads got yeah that's where yeah well and the ads in that are particularly intrusive because they actually like block the gameplay yeah yeah. <laughs> well, and you bring up Spotify. I think this is a good example of of kind of what we're talking about. Um, if you use Spotify free, uh, you get ads every I don't know five or six songs or something, um, which isn't bad. Um, and if you're okay with that, and you're okay um, with listening Pan- to an ad, Pandora most- will do that to me. I'll, I'll I'll listen to Pandora at work, and and yeah, about every fifth song or so, every third to fifth song, there's a. Yeah, that comes up, but yeah. it's thirty seconds long, and then I'm back to my music. So, um, but 
the uh, the Spotify model, uh, at least the one that I'm using, um, you pay you pay the premium, and you not only get rid of the ads, but then you also get added functionality over your mobile phones and things like that. And that's something that that services like um, Google uh, and Facebook and people like that can learn from, because when you're paying for something, you're not just um, aggregating their income and getting rid of ads, but now they can give you extra services because you can they can pay their developers more or they can you know the the internet would be a richer place i believe if we um if we started paying for things well ironically though when you pay for things like i don't know sim city you're actually paying for the privilege of not being able to play it (laughs) well there are some some businesses out there who claim everything has to be behind a firewall and fox news corp i'm looking at a paywall a paywall a paywall and and you know what i don't know if it's true or not because well and here's the here's the problem is that let's say that schmitty is willing to pay uh i don't know five dollars a month for xyz social network okay that is five dollars a month going to XYZ social network and social network goes, okay, that's great. Except for the fact that if we were serving you ads instead or using you as a commodity, we would be able to tell advertisers how much we were, we wanted paid for this. So we could tell advertising agency, a, I want $5 and agency B, I want $5 and so on and so forth. They could sell you out to as many agencies or as many different uh, income revenues yeah, that's the right word. As as they want. And unfortunately, we can't compete with that. There's no way we can compete with that. If you want an example, look at MySpace in its heyday. We can't compete with that. Yeah, yeah. You have any idea how many different agencies your information was being given to from MySpace just to monetize it? Oh, they were pimping you out for a piece of cheese, man. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> Okay, and there's no way you can compete with that because even if you're willing to pay, let's say, ten dollars a month, which I think is just insane, they're already getting that, but they're getting it from four, five, six, seven, who knows how many different other sources. So no, you're, you're right in, in the fact that we can't compete with how how much uh, advertising space uh, charges, but. Um, on the other hand, people are installing ad blockers and getting around this entirely. Now, granted, not everyone is installing ad blockers, but um, it's becoming more and more of a popular thing, and it's it's turning these ad revenues into almost nothing for for these sites. And so, it, it would almost behoove them to add up a paywall or or some premium services. And even then, there, there are, I mean, there are some websites that you go to, and it says, "Hey, we see you have an ad blocker. Can you please turn them off for us?" Because I mean, they, they at least try to be honest with you. Hey, this yeah. is how we try to make some money on this thing. Whereas others, they just say, "You know, fine, we're going to go ahead and put it behind a paywall or something." Yeah. Well, and, and and that's fine too. I I go to a lot of sites that will do that too. And if I if they call me out and and I realize what I'm doing, and if it's a site I visit a lot, I'll disable my ad blocker for that site. Uh, there's there's a lot of sites that I I disable the ad blocker for, and I'm okay with that because I visit them a lot. And if if those sites offer a paywall, I probably would subscribe. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and okay, I'm going to give some examples here, some good and bad ones like that. And this is not supposed to be turning into a, uh, a lecture on web design, but StolenDroids.com, we have one ad. And I try to keep it as unintrusive as possible. It's our go-to meeting banner up at the top. It's above the fold. And that is it. Okay. When we have another sponsor, I swap it out, and that is it. We're looking at redesigning it, but that's kind of the idea. Cracked.com. Have you guys ever noticed how few things are on Cracked.com? Mm-hmm. For such a busy site layout, it's surprising how spartan their ads are. Gizmodo. I can't go there without an ad blocker turned on because it is just non-stop right in the middle of the content to the top of the content along the sides of the content it's bad 
Yeah, and so, the, and don't forget the sites that have that intermediate page before you actually get to their content. You uh, have to sit there and wait five seconds or so. Uh, so the question is, again, have we been spoiled by this idea that everything should be free? Because, and I think the answer to that is just a resounding yes. Yes, we have, because then we complain about these ads. Look, listen to us now. Yeah. You know? You don't pay anything to come to Stolen Droids. I don't pay anything to go to Cracked, and I don't pay anything to go to Gizmodo. But here we are talking about, oh my gosh, I can't even stand these ads. <laughs> I can't stand this revenue. It, it, that's you know, Put in real world, ter- real world terms, it's like me going into a store, picking up something, walking out, going, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person is waiting for me to pay them. <laughs> but, but, you know... Right now, you mentioned, Zook, that you don't have to pay to visit stolen droids. But if y'all want to, you can. We do take <laughs> donations. You know. But, but it's a real problem for a lot of sites and a lot of services we should specify as well. Because we're not just talking about websites. We're talking about services. And so with this in mind, is it okay for sites like Hulu to ask, hey, would you like to buy a subscription? We'll still serve you ads, but not as many. Or give you Knowing that content was still uh, still with that. <laughs> still I mean, with that. The, main, the main reason I have Hulu is so I can watch it on my Hulu Plus, so I can watch it on my TV instead of on my computer. Yeah. But again, there's different ways and doing different things. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and the reason you do that is because you don't pay a cable company for that. Mm-hmm. So you, by not paying it one way, you're paying it another way. But either way, you're paying. But I'm uh, but I'm paying a price that I think would be more worthwhile. Yeah. But let me ask you then: Would you be willing to pay something for your social networks? We complain, or even oh, this is a Pandora's <laughs> box. Would you be willing to do that for your email? Everyone has been using email for free since the dawn of the system. I want to say no, and there's there's a reason for this. It's almost like saying, would you buy a car with no radio in it? There are so many radios in cars. It's almost like you're expecting there to be a radio in a car. It may be a crappy car and a good radio, or it may be... Sorry, let me interrupt for just a moment. Are you comparing the radio to your social network or to email? Email. Okay, go on. Yeah, because because basically, we we were talking about about Pandora and stuff earlier. Basically... I, I enjoy music, but I enjoy listening to music on my radio, but I know it's going to be with ads. And I, 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 I have worked for an ISP where they gave you free web access to the email. And for, for, for the privilege of the free web access, they put, a, they put an ad at the bottom there saying this was done by Cisna's free web access. Mm-hmm. And so... No, I, I wouldn't pay for email, but a lot of people, it's almost like, like I said, just like you, you're, you're getting a car and you're going to get a radio with it. Well, a lot of people, when they buy their ISP, they get an email with it. You may not use that email. Like mm-hmm. I don't use the, I don't use the email my, my ISP provides because I've, I've used Google as my primary email for almost like the last 10 years now. Yeah. Well, and, and to me, I would actually compare the email to the car. You know, mm-hmm. we've been emails pretty vital now. Mm-hmm. So it's either, yeah, you use the one from your ISP, which technically you're paying for, or you <laughs> figure out your own way to host a, 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 an email server, which I've done. It is not as easy as you might think. And I was immediately hijacked and used as an open relay for spam. <laughs> It was not a pleasant week. Anyway, we got to move on to our favorites. We really do want to hear what everyone else has to think about this. What services would you be willing to pay for? Which ones wouldn't you be willing to pay for? And which ones are you annoyed with, even though you get for free? We want to hear feedback at StolenDroids.com. On to our favorites. And we could talk for hours on that subject, though. I think it's a good one. Okay, uh, mine is from Kmart, of all places. You've probably seen it. It has gone viral (laughs) since I found it. Last I saw it, it was like 10 million views, which is the most popular Kmart has been in 20 years. Um, It's almost like some marketing executive realized, you know, no one really takes it seriously anyway. Why even bother? So their newest ad is called Ship My Pants. 
Now, but they say it so quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, this is not filmed in a real Kmart because I've never seen a Kmart this clean or populated. But yeah, they're talking about all the different things you could ship. You could ship your drawers. You could ship the bed. You could ship your pants straight to your home. It's very convenient convenient to just ship your pants. You gotta watch it. If you haven't watched it, oh, it's up to 12.9 million views now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I think ahead, I just shipped something. So, not <laughs> not sure what it was that I shipped, but I'm pretty sure there was some shipping involved. Um, <laughs> my uh, favorite this week is from Paul F. Tompkins and MadeMan.com. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins uh, did an interview with Allison Bree of Community and Mad Men, and in Basically, he he did a few with her, but one of them, he had her create some unsexy gifts, or as he called them, GIFs. Uh, Big peanut butter fan. Uh, But the one that I chose for my favorite is he asked her to imitate popular internet memes. And her uh, overly attached girlfriend is dead on. (laughs) Pretty much spot on. Uh, She does pretty good grumpy cat as well. Her Irma um, God is pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah, her Irma Gerd. Um, yeah. yeah, she she is awesome and adorable and all sorts of fun. And uh, yeah, take take three minutes and thirty three seconds out of your day and check this out. Now I'm hungry for cheese. Okay, start three. <laughs> all right. So my favorite has also gone viral and also been seen just about everywhere. But you know what? The reason why we make these our favorites is because of the, the, these are kudos. Patton Oswald is going to be on an episode, or I don't know if this episode's already aired or not. Of it was uh, on Parks tonight. Oh, it was okay. Yeah. Of Parks and Recreation. I guess he's going to filibuster the the, the 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 town hall meeting. And what they did is they didn't give him a script. They just said go with what your gut says and improvise whatever it is you want to do. So he basically gives his entire synopsis of what he'd like to have for the next Star Trek or Star Wars movie. Hilarious! If you haven't seen it, also watch the people in the background as he's doing this because some are trying to act serious and some are trying not to crack up. Very, very well done. I'm, 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 I showed it to my wife and she's like, dang, we may actually have to sit down and watch that one. <laughs> Very cool. Um, my favorite is a, a poster you can buy from Pop Chart Lab. Um, it's a poster of the evolution of video game controllers. Um, they claim it's complete. I, I would argue that it's not. However, it is still really great uh, to see the, the evolution of all the controllers they have, um, including, like, they go all the way from um, the original uh, Tennis for Two. Uh, Pong game um, all the way up to uh, current controllers of today. Uh, so check it out. It's really, really neat. They have the Wu-Tang controller on there. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and don't yes, have... it is exactly what you think it is. Yes. <laughs> okay, well that is our show for this week. Again, we want to hear what you think. Feedback at StolenDroids.com um, Should have some new, more head- fun headlines next week, but until then, cheers. And a blind. One to beam up. Good day.